and we're live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Matthew Paris Show. I'm your host, Matthew Paris. Before we get started, before we get started, let's hit that little subscribe button. It's always a great time here on the Matthew Paris Show. We talk sports. We talk all kinds of sports. So let's get into it. We have Major League Baseball playoffs are underway. The 2023 Major League Baseball playoffs are underway. Now, after the wild card round, we are in the divisional round. Um, it's been uh, interesting to watch, to say the less. Uh, it's you know reported by CBS Sports that the ALDS and the NLDS are underway in Major League Baseball's 2023 postseason. You gotta love October. Uh, saw Mr. Reggie Jackson the other day, Mr. October at Minute Maid Park during the Astros Twins uh, games. The NLDS, let's start with the National League, though. The NLDS re, uh, resumes Monday night with Game 2s from Atlanta and Los Angeles. Both home teams, the Braves and Dodgers, are looking to bounce back after dropping Game 1s on Saturday night against the Phillies and Diamondbacks, respectively. Um, on the American League side of the bracket, the Rangers head home to Texas with a commanding 2-0 and zero ALDS lead over the top-seeded Orioles. Uh, yeah, so congratulations to Texas Rangers. They're up 2-0 right now, uh, leading the series over the uh, top-seeded American League East champions, uh, Baltimore Orioles. The Twins, meanwhile, even up their series with a Game 2 win over the Astros as Carlos Carrera had a strong performance against his former team. Uh, eight teams remain in the playoffs bracket as the Phillies, the Diamondbacks, the Twins, and Rangers pull off wild-card series sweeps in, uh, in the first round. The Braves, Dodgers, Orioles, and Astros played Saturday for the first time this postseason after earning first-round buys. The Marlins, Brewers, Blue Jays, and Rays were all eliminated from the playoffs on Wednesday. The ALDS and NLDS are best of five series, and the round could last through Saturday, October 14th. The 2023 MLB playoffs will last until at least October 31st, and a World Series Game 7 would take place on Saturday, November 4th. So the schedule is out. Uh, let's take a look at uh, Monday's playoff schedule. Monday, October 9th, uh, the NLDS Game 2, Braves versus Phillies. That starts at 6.07 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Philadelphia uh, Phillies lead the series 1-0. Um, so, yeah, that should be a, that's an interesting uh, one right there, Game 2 of the Braves and the Phillies. I actually uh, I had Tampa Bay early on going to the World Series at the beginning of the season, and now the Atlanta Braves are coming up. I had them going uh, possibly to the World Series. Uh but Philadelphia leads right now in that series 1-0. Uh, the NLDS Game 2, Dodgers versus Diamondbacks. Arizona leads 1-0 right now. Um, yeah, very interesting. So uh, uh, some of the top-rated uh, teams right now uh, are actually losing the first game. But you never know. It is a long series, so we'll see about that. You know, these teams, that's the great thing about baseball. You never know with these teams. These teams could come back during the playoffs. You might as well have 0-0 zero, zero now. Uh, let's look at the complete schedule for the ALDS and, N and ALCS games will air on Fox and FS1. Okay, uh, The World Series will air on Fox. On Monday, October 9th, NLDS Game 2, Braves versus Phillies. We have Game 2 of Dodgers versus Diamondbacks. The Braves and Phillies are 6-0-7, and the Dodgers versus Diamondbacks is 9-0-7. On Tuesday, October 10th, we have the ALDS Game 3, Twins versus Astros. That will be in Minnesota. It's 4.07 p.m. Eastern Time. And then we have the ALDS Game 3, Rangers versus Orioles, which is uh, 8.03 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting. This was reported by CBSSports.com. Um, so who can win here? Who can win? You know, uh, again, it's October. Anything could happen. 
Um, we'll see what happens here. The uh, I think the uh, you know I think the Braves will come back. The Diamondbacks look re really strong right now with the 1-0 lead over the Dodgers. Uh, the series game two, the series tied 1-1 between the Twins and the Astros. The Twins did beat the Astros at Minute Maid Park 6-2 in game two. Um, and then the Phillies lead the Braves 1-0 uh, in, uh, in, uh, in that series. And Game 2 will be today at 5.07 p.m. So uh, the race is heating up. A lot of the top seeds are, uh, are you know, not really doing so well, uh, losing the first game. So we, we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, so um, that's about it, I can say, for the postseason and the uh, – and uh, MLB. Let's move on to uh, the NFL. You know, today we have Monday Night Football in the NFL. We have uh, at 7.15 p.m. tonight, we have dun, 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 Monday Night Football. We have the Green Bay Packers, which are 2-2 two and two right now, against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, which is 1-3. and three. Um, It should be an interesting matchup. You know, uh, who do I have in this game? On paper, it looks like the Green Bay Packers could pull it out, but we'll see what the Raiders do. Um, yesterday, you know, for games, uh, Sunday, we had finals, uh, the New York Jets and Denver Broncos. The Jets beat the Broncos 31-21. And, uh, last night during Sunday Night Football, we had the 49ers and Cowboys, a rivalry that's been going on for decades. Um, it's a great rivalry. Uh, we have the West Coast versus the South. We had the Dallas Cowboys. We had the San Francisco 49ers. We had the Niners beating the Dallas Cowboys in this game, 42-10. to Um... Yeah, so it was kind of a blowout. Uh, what can I say? You know, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, Sunday for um, for uh, football. Uh, we're we are now in NFL Week Five. Uh, you know, the Patriots. Uh, you know, what can I say about the Patriots? They don't have a whole lot of talent right now. I don't think you know Mac Jones can't get it done. I don't think. Um, so it was an eventful fifth Sunday of NFL action. This is reported by SI Sports Illustrated. It was an eventful fifth Sunday of NFL action, and we've got you covered in this week's takeaways. Uh, Sunday wasn't the day for the Patriots. Dynasty died, but it created an opportunity for anyone watching to conduct a pretty thorough autopsy. Here's how bad it is. New England will go to Las Vegas next week, having yielded 69 unanswered points having been outscored in each of nine consecutive quarters and having been held out of the end zone in 10 uh, consecutive quarters. Um, not so good. The natural question to follow would be how exactly this happened, perhaps the greatest dynasty in NFL history. Of course, they had Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, the GOAT, and they had Bill Belichick teaming up to get those uh, six Super Bowls. The answer is uh, twofold. First and most obviously, Tom Brady no longer plays for a Patriots franchise that's gone 26-30 since he left. Um, not very good. And got rattled in its only playoff game over the span. The second reason really is just as straightforward. Quite simply, they had no talent, says one AFC executive, and it doesn't help that that's at the quarterback spot as well. It sounds harsh, of course, but it's hard to argue. Particularly when... Uh, evaluator after evaluator whom I reached out to Sunday as the Saints were completing their 34-0 beatdown of the Patriots in Foxborough uh, echoed the sentiment. So yeah, the Saints really blew them out, 34-0. Uh, the offensive line is bad. They can't protect Mac Jones. Uh, Mac can't move in the pocket, says an NFL executive. They have no speed on offense at the skill position. They used to have guys that could win one-on-one matchups. They don't. 
have any of those guys anymore. Yeah, that's true. They don't have any of those guys anymore. You know, we had Wes Welker uh, back in the day. We had Randy Moss back in the day. We had Rob Gronkowski back in the day. All those guys are either now, you know, retired or just, yeah, they're gone. They're retired. <coughs> um, and defensively, they're uh, banged up. Losing Matthew Juden hurts. Losing the rookie corner, Christian Gonzalez hurts too, along with Marcus Jones. Um they look extremely low on talent, to be honest. As an NFL coach, they have a pretty vanilla plan, for what I can tell. An average at best QB only uh, exhibits those issues. They aren't exactly world beaters on defense now either, and losing Judon really hurt. And the two feet off each other. Defense gets a stop. Offense gets three and out. Defense back out there, basically no rest. Um, so, yeah, the defense gets no rest because the offense goes three and out on the Patriots. None of their skill players scare me. Hunter Henry is solid, not close to elite. Offensive line looks uh, pretty bad. Backs are slow. Receivers are overpaid free agents. This is what an NFL executive has said about the Patriots. Uh, another executive raised other issues such as loss of coaches and staff, the loss of player leadership from the glory years, and how other teams have studied them for so long that most of the edges Bill Belichick seized upon for years are now gone. But in the end, he came back to where everyone else was. Brady and able to coach his style, the exec says, had covered up the personal shortcomings. Uh, the result of those shortcomings are on display for everyone here. So, yeah, I mean, who who knows? You know, it could be uh, one of those things where, you know, the Patriots have to figure out something quickly. Or either that or they're in the rebuilding year where they could get draft picks for next year and hopefully rebuild. Um, do I think Mac Jones could get it done? I don't know. You know, we'll see. You know, he is the starter right now. That's who Bill Belichick picked. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, let's see here. It goes on. Uh, we have artificial turf issues now. Last year, the league could see even defending teams' decision to play on synthetic surfaces. That a certain type of artificial turf, turf called slit uh, film turf was leading to an uptick in serious injuries. At the time, six home stadiums had such fields that three of the six, the Superdomes in New Orleans, Ford Field in Detroit, and MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, changed those out in the offseason so players couldn't get hurt. Um, let's see here. T uh, Totem Hotspur Stadium in London gave the league a seventh stadium with slit film turf in 2022, and they forfeited that change to surface out, out ahead of the 2023 season. Minnesota, Cincinnati, and Indianapolis are three left with slit film. Um, yeah, so will they, uh, change out the turf? I mean, who knows? You know, turf is very expensive. The place where I work, uh, we have turf on the baseball fields and that costs $2 million just to put it on six, uh, fields that we have over in my work area, big league dreams. So, um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be an issue. I don't know if that's going to be any uh i mean definitely it's an issue because players are complaining about it but we'll see we'll see let's move on real quick let's move on to my houston texans the texans right now had uh lost their game yesterday game uh, yesterday against the atlanta falcons uh 21 19 uh, cj stroud didn't march him down there when houston was behind he marched him down to the end zone into the red zone and he uh he threw a touchdown pass i believe with one one nineteen left uh and then after that you know Atlanta was on the charge, moved downfield, kicked a field goal in the last seconds and won the game 21-19. Um, so let's talk about this. Um, it was 1918 after the C.J. Stroud uh, quarterback throw uh, touchdown. 
Uh, C.J. Stroud threw for 249 yards in that game, one touchdown and zero interceptions for an 88.9 passer rating. Uh, that's not bad. That's not bad. He still has not thrown an interception yet. He kind of made history on that one. Uh, C.J. Stroud, I believe, now is first up there with the uh, longest rookie quarterback who uh, has gone with most pass attempts and has not thrown an interception. Um, you know, he joins the likes of Kyle Allen, um, Tom Brady, and other great uh, quarterbacks. Um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, so we got uh, – this is from Yahoo Sports. C.J. Stroud continues to step forward even as Texans slip back. Uh, Stroud continues to validate the Texans' decision to draft him number two and makes a case for why he should have been number one over uh, uh, Bryce, Bryce – uh, the, the guy from Carolina, Carolina Panthers quarterback. Um, exactly 280 days ago, right as the clock ticked midnight on New Year's Eve 2022, C.J. Stroud could only stand and watch on the sideline of Mercedes-Benz Stadium as his Ohio State Buckeyes fell one field goal short of being defending champions Georgia Bulldogs. Stroud has done all he could in the college football playoff, throwing for 348 yards and four touchdowns, but the Georgia office was just too optimistic at facing Ohio State. So uh, he talks a little bit about him going from Ohio State to the Texans. Um, he, it says right here from Yahoo Sports, it was a brilliant playmaker, controlled and precise. It ended up being irrelevant as soon as the Falcons drove 51 yards in 152 for a game-winning zero-time field goal. Final score, Falcons 21, Texans 19. Stroud has now lost two games at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and Georgia uh, teams by a total of three points. Um Stroud said it's tough. It's hard to go out like that. Uh, he finished 20 of 35 for 249 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I've been done bad two times in this stadium now. Uh, ending up on the wrong end of a, a last-second field goal from both directions, missing one, watching one made, has to hurt like hell. But after the game, Stroud took straight for what he could and vowed to change what was needed. He's only his fifth professional game, but thanks to his time in the college football spotlight, he achieved a star level of confidence is serenity several seasons ahead of schedule. Uh, I agree with that. I think he's doing, you know, he's doing a lot better than the, all the other um, um, uh, draft picks right now in this class. So I know the city of Houston is happy to have him. Uh, we also have an update on uh, Tank Dell. Uh, yesterday, Tank Dell was uh, running for a wideout, and I think he got a uh, shoulder injury. This is from. Pro Football Network, take Dell injury update, what we know about the Houston Texans rookie wide receiver. Um, rookie wide out Tank Dell has been a, a revelation for the Houston Texans this season after making an excellent catch against the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. Dell appeared to be suffer a potential injury. What happened to Dell in week five and what's his current status? Um, here's his injury update. Update, Dale hauled in a 29-yard pass from Texans quarterback C.J. Stroud in order to convert a third and 10 play near the end of the second half. While Dale got the first down, he stayed down on the field after the play. I believe, I think he was a shoulder. Dale was eventually able to walk off under his own power and initially sat down on Houston's sideline. However, Dale made his way to the blue medical tent where he was evaluated for several minutes. He then left for the Texans' locker room just before halftime. The Texans initially, uh, initially Dale announced, was questionable to return while being evaluated. Um, let's see here. Dale was eventually able to walk off under his own power, initially sat down on Houston's sideline. Um, 
Let's see. Houston officially ruled out the rookie near the end of the third quarter. Dell, the 69th overall selection in April's draft, entered week five with 16 receptions, 267 yards, and two touchdowns. He was Houston's lead receiver, three catches, 57 yards, in the first half of week five. Um, let's see. Dalt Short sco- scored his first touchdown as a Texan in week four. It was a clear focal point in the first half on Sunday. Uh, Dale's injury even further solidifies Nico Collins' top five receiver two of his first four games this season. As a set-in-and-forget-it option, he uh, his injury – hang on. His injury – Adds some downside to C.J. Stroud as a quarterback streamer, but as long as Houston's development plan is to pass to set up the pass, he should be on your radar. So yeah, I mean we'll see what the uh, what the Texans do. You know we wish Tank Dell the best. Um, I know uh, the Houston Texans wish him the best and whatnot. Um, let's see here. Next Sunday on October fifth, this is a noon game. The Saints will the New Orleans Saints will play the Houston Texans. So we'll see what, what happens there. Hopefully CJ Stroud continues the impressive run as quarterback and not throw an interception, knock on uh, wood, and uh, we could get that win over the Saints, the New Orleans Saints. Um, let's move on. Let's move on to uh, college football. We had the Red River Shootout, the Texas Longhorns versus the Oklahoma Sooners. Um, this was a good game. This was a very good game. At the time, Texas was rated, uh, I believe, number three in the nation, and Oklahoma was rated number 12. It was a hard-fought game, but Oklahoma did end up winning the game 34-30 to over the, a very tough Texas Longhorns team. Uh, the um, standings have now come out. Oklahoma is now number five in the nation, and Texas has now uh, dropped back to number nine in the nation. Um, let's see here. Uh Steve Sarkeesian, you know, what could he say? You know, Quinn Hewers, what could he do? You know, after Quinn Hewers goes after this season, Arch Manning, I think, is supposed to be the top-rated Texas quarterback to come in, so we'll see about that. Um, it says right here, let's see here. Uh, this is uh, recorded on ESPN, reported by ESPN. Oklahoma source at number five. Louisville rises 11 spots at top 25. Uh, Oklahoma moved up to number five in the Associated Press top 25 college football poll Sunday, while a late game gaffe nearly cost 25th ranked Miami spot in the rankings as six bas- uh, basketball blue bloods made some history. Um, very interesting. Number one Georgia coming off its best game of the season around Kentucky regained some of the first place votes and lost in the AP 25 last week. What it needed a late r- uh, rally to beat Auburn to stay unbeaten. The Bulldogs got. 51st places votes after getting 35 last week. Number two, Michigan received 11 first place votes as the Wolverines run, roll along an unbeaten and untested. Uh, the Sooners and Longhorns both have open dates next weekend before a six week stretch of games to end the regular season and determine if they meet again this year, possibly with a berth in the four in the four team college football playoff on the line. I have no doubt we're going to see them again in the Big 12 championship. Sooner safety Peyton Bowen said of the Longhorns, who slipped six spots to to number nine. Uh, Texas coach Steve Sarkeesian, I expect us to get back on the horse. I think this is that this locker room is full of champions, and our goal is to go win a championship this year. So we have to handle our business. Um, so yeah, that's what that's what Steve Sarkeesian said. Here's other news in college football. Number six, Penn State held spot, as did number seven, Washington, and number eight, Oregon, in the week before their Pac-12 showdown. USC dropped a spot to number ten after escaping with a triple overtime victory against Arizona. The Trojans have fallen in the poll for three straight weeks, despite remaining unbeaten. That's interesting. 
Uh, Miami managed to hang on to a spot in the rankings, dropping eight places after losing for the first time this season. The Hurricanes' 23-20 setback to Georgia Tech was Saturday's most painful loss, not to mention a candidate for one of the worst in program history. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about Coach Prime real quick, Deion Sanders, his Colorado Buffaloes. I believe they beat, um, let's see here, yeah, they beat uh, Arizona State. Uh, 27-24. I know uh, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, said that even though they won, they should have won by a bigger margin because Arizona, Arizona State's only won uh, one game this season. So, But you have to remember, Deion's in a rebuilding year. Colorado Buffaloes lost only one, or excuse me, only won one game last year. And uh, now Colorado has won, I think, four, four games, and they're eighth in the Pac-12. So... Um, you know, Dion needs to uh, needs to relax a little bit. You know, they're coming up, and I think he's t- and he knows that, and I think he's telling the press that they're coming up. You know, you have to remember they Colorado won one game last year, so now they have won four games. So it's a rebuilding year. He could get some people in the offseason from the transfer portal, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. So yeah, um, let's uh, let's move on real quick. Let's move on to. Uh, the section of uh, how to uh, how to become a sports agent. So here's what we got right here. I have, I have a friend who is a sports agent in uh, Arlington, right outside of Dallas, and uh, he has a uh, certificate from the uh, NFL Pro Player Association. He's negotiated 11 contracts. Now, what does a sports agent do? A sports agent you know, pretty much negotiates their contracts with players and try to give them the best deal. You know, kind of like an agent for Hollywood actors and stuff like that, or producers and directors. They try to give them the best deal, and they try to get them work and put them on an NFL team. Uh, This guy I was talking to on the phone the other day, Darren, um, he was a, uh, you know, an agent in Arlington, and uh, I was interested in having him on the show, but he couldn't make it because he's, uh, he said, listen, I got to, he gave me the time, though. Uh, a lot of those guys have egos, but he said, listen, you know, I got guys, I'm trying to get work and stuff like that who are, who don't have an NFL team right now, and that's, that's pretty much fair enough, you know, so I understood that. Uh, it says right here, talent on the field. This is reported by Forbes. Talent on the field is not enough to build a sterling career. Star athletes need star agents behind them to act as promoters, negotiators, and advisors. While each competitor is a brand, each agent is a brand manager. You need to be a scout, marketer, negotiator, counselor, and friend simultaneously. That's true. You need to be father, mother, brother, sister, uh, psychologist, psychiatrist. You need to be all that, you know, um, to try to make these guys feel comfortable and, and confident that they could perform on the field or on the court or wherever. Um, a career as a sports agent is challenging, fast-paced, high-pressure, and immensely rewarding. If you're a business leader looking to switch careers or you're already in the world of athletics and are considering managing athletes, here's what you should know first. Um, let's see here. Successful sports agents can earn big. Sports is big money, that's true, even in the uh, youth sports, that's true, especially for star players. Agents generally work on commission as the more the clients earn, they make uh, the more they make. So agents get paid by, uh, sports agents get paid by how much their clients make, hence the fact that they need to negotiate the best contracts with NFL owners. 
Um, you'll see a lot of sports agents, too, who uh, come from law school. They get a law degree, they become a lawyer, and then they become a sports agent because maybe they have connections or friends in the sporting world or the sports marketing or just the business itself. Um, in most international sports, the agents and clients negotiate a rate between 1% and 10%. Some sports associations cap the maximum rates agents can earn, while others do not. For example, FIVA plans to limit earnings to 3% of player salaries and 10% of transfer fees starting in 2023. That's interesting. Uh, sports agents can also perform many duties in different fields. Like many high-pressure jobs, being a sports agent comes with a share of perks, but it requires tremendous work. Agents perform various tasks to represent their clients in business, legal, and PR matters. Everything they do aims to helping the players in their charge and uh, advance their careers. Here are a few of the responsibilities an agent will likely need to perform. You have to act as talent scout, marketing manager, and, and press director. You have to be involved in all aspects of the player's uh, personal needs and what they could do to uh, best perform on the field. Always seek new opportunities. Uh, opportunities live around every corner, and successful agents must seek them out. Uh, even if your client is already at a club, it is your responsible to find alternatives to help build their career and achieve their goals. Um, you have to mediate disputes, agents advise, speak for, and negotiate on behalf of their clients whenever they are involved in this disagreement. So you have to come in and continue to handle their personal, uh, personal struggles, struggles for the athlete. Uh, you have to become a hard-nosed negotiator. Contracts are legally binding documents, therefore agents must understand how they work. While they do not need to be uh, solicitors, they must ensure that contracts are appropriate format and meet all relevant legal guidelines. Uh, they, they also, agents also, and players also have to listen to each other. As a trusted advisor, young athletes, uh, your athletes need to rely on you, but many people forget this. Agents must see the person behind the stats and media portrayals. They need to listen to their clients and give the best, most thoughtful advice. Um, so the list goes on. You know, they need to be an organized communicator, um, yeah. So uh, this is just a little something about sports agents. Uh, I have some friends who are sports agents, so I wanted to talk about that a little bit. And uh, yeah, so that's about it. So that's it uh, for the uh, Matthew Paris show. We'll talk about Monday Night Football on the next show. Uh, Monday Night Football is tonight. Um, it's going to be great. We'll see what the Raiders and Packers do in that game. Hopefully it's a very close game. And, uh, yeah, before we go, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And it's always a great time here on the Matthew Paris Show, and we'll talk soon. Okay, bye.